Good morning, everyone. Hope you all had a wonderful week, and uh, we are uh, excited to be here together as a church. As you might have noticed, there are a number of people missing. Um, that is because there is a women's retreat that is going on this weekend, and, and so about 70 or so of our women are there. They're worshiping God in a separate location, uh, but they know that we are, we are together. We are one in spirit, right? So I wanted to talk about something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, and I, I think I'm, I'm not alone with wrestling with this. But we all, we've all experienced moments where we're thrust into situations that we feel are beyond us. We feel like, whoa, where did that come from? Like it just came out of nowhere. Other situations we kind of expect that they're coming, we know that they're coming, but then when they actually get there, we still don't feel ready for it. You know, parents, you may feel that way when your children are getting ready to go off to college. I'm not ready for them to leave home. And they're ready to leave home. And you're I'm not ready. And then you're like, fine, I am ready for you to leave home. Like, if you're going to act that way. Those are the kind of things that we can, that we can wrestle with. You know, sometimes we, we get into a situation and it feels surreal. Wow, is this, is this really how things are going down, like going to go down? This isn't how I pictured it. This isn't how I imagined. You know, when I think about my life, I thought it was going to go in a totally different direction. I did everything right. I put everything together. I prepared as best I could. But it just took an unexpected turn. Yeah, I hear this a lot from uh, the teenagers, especially when it comes to things like studying the Bible. Well, I'm... I know I should, but I'm not quite ready for that yet. Teens, can I get an amen on that? You guys, yes? You've said that before, thought that before? I'm not ready to study the Bible. You hear that from people who are actually sitting down and they're encountering Jesus, maybe for the first time, or uh, maybe they're, they're looking at these scriptures in a, in a way that, that have just kind of opened their mind in a new way, and you read something and you go, wait a minute, I... I don't know if I'm really ready to be a disciple. I don't know if I can really handle that level of commitment. Of course, that same sentiment can carry on once you've crossed over and said, and you know, you're living like a disciple. You can say, whoa, I'm not ready for that. I haven't been trained for this or equipped for this. I don't think I can, I don't think I can handle that. Sometimes you hear people say, well, he's a disciple. I'm not even, I'm not ready to make disciples. I can't, I can't handle this. Nobody told me if you would have just told me what it was really going to be like. Of course, no one can explain to you the ups and downs that come with actually having a relationship with God, right? Even if they could, you wouldn't get it until you were in the situation yourself. You know, sometimes when we have that feeling of, oh, I, I, I'm just not ready for it, we're waiting, and maybe you felt this way before. I, sometimes we say, like, I'm not ready, but we don't really even have a clear idea of what it is that we're waiting for, or what it even means to be ready in the first place. 
right? We don't sit and stop and say, well, if I was ready, what would be different now than it was than it, than, than it is? What would be different then than it is right now? Right? I, I, I don't know. Like if you guys felt that way before, you're just like waiting for this. Like, oh, it's, it's I just waiting for the right time, the right moment. Or I know it'll just it'll just feel right. Yeah, I've thought that way. I think one of the things that I've noticed as I've, I've been studying the scriptures and looking out is that God calls people to be something before they're ready. You see that pattern throughout. Some people accept it. Other people don't accept it. And you think about Moses when he was called. First thing Moses said is, nope, send somebody else. I'm not ready for that level of responsibility. That's, that's too much. Jeremiah, I'm not ready for that. I need to be, I need to be a little older. You know, maybe, maybe I gotta be a little older in the faith before I'm ready for that. Or maybe if you're just young physically, I have to be a little older before I can really make that kind of decision or have that kind of impact. You think about the rich young ruler. Jesus went to him and, he said, you know, he, he laid out, what does it mean to be a follower of him? You've got to give up everything and follow me. And clearly, he looked at that and he said, well, I'm not ready for that level of commitment. And yet, Jesus still called him to it. And then finally, in a second, and this is what we're going to read today and look out. Jesus, even at the beginning of his ministry, did not feel ready for what he was about to endure, for what he was about to go through. He didn't feel like this was the right time for him to start letting people know that he was the Messiah. And so it's encouraging to see, even as we're about to read, that Jesus can relate to you and I on that level. Jesus knows, you know, Jesus says, hey, I'm not ready, but we're going to see how he differs in his not readiness from maybe what our natural inclination is. So let's read in, in John chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 1. We're going to read John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have a, a whole lot for us today, but I think I have kind of one major idea, and I've already said it. Isn't that great? <laughs> we're just going to keep digging into that one thought, that one point. God calls you to something before you're ready. He doesn't wait for you to perfect everything and throw all the plans together before he may call you to act, before he may call you to change and be different. So in John chapter 2, in verse 1, it says, On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana at Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. I'm not ready. This isn't the right time, Mom. His mother said to, to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Love this. No choice is being given here to Jesus at all. You just got to go with it. So nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, 
fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests had have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed a few days. So Jesus is at a wedding. And his ministry is not yet started yet. And he has a, an interaction that many of you, if you have kids, are familiar with. You ask your child to do something, and their first response, even if they're respectful like Jesus, because Jesus was actually very respectful, but just need to make sure that that's clear, calling, your, calling someone woman was not, that was not like a derogatory term, nor should it be a derogatory term, right? And so he says this, and, and, and she, she says, okay, so I need you to do this for me. And true to form, you know, Jesus expresses his emotion. Maybe this is, this is a little different than it would go down in your house. In your house, it might go, why are you asking me to do this? Can't you see I'm in the middle of something? I mean, Jesus is just trying to enjoy himself at a wedding. Like, can't he just have a good time? Why does he have to be the spotlight? You know, especially if, if, if uh, you know, you, you could maybe, I don't know why, I just picture this moment, like Jesus is there, maybe he's surrounded by people, maybe he's not, you know, he's just enjoying himself, minding his own business, when all of a sudden, he's faced with a decision. What am I going to do? You know, I don't feel ready for people to know who I am. I don't feel ready for people to see that I actually am the Messiah. And maybe you feel that way. I don't feel ready for people to really know what I'm about if you're a Christian. I don't really feel like they, they, they need to know. You know, the fact that, that Jesus was even brought into this situation and that Mary was aware of it to begin with means that Mary was probably, Mary and Jesus were probably related to the family that was, or to the couple that was getting married in some way. And so Jesus is sitting there. He's like, well, am I going to do this, you know, am I going to do this miracle for my family or not? You know, it's easy to sit there. And I, I, I just imagine, you know, if you were in that situation and you were at a party, and this is actually really fun because when I went down and did the communion, uh, Dario uh, was actually telling me about how at his wedding they ran out of rice. <laughs> and so he's, he's sitting there he's like yeah they ran out of rice and then he assured me he's like everybody had a really great time at the wedding even though we ran out of rice but I mean you imagine like you know you show up to a party and you get there and there's nothing to eat there's nothing to drink your first thought you're going to start thinking what kind of a party is this I show up 
I get my time. I expect that they are going to have and provide for me so that I can eat. The free meal was half of the reason why I wanted to come to this thing to begin with. And so they show up and and Jesus is sitting there. Well, how do I? Okay, so how do I handle this? What do I do? And I got to tell you, this was not a small endeavor. All right. Weddings back in in Jesus's days. You want to take a guess how long they were? They were like a week long, some of them. So could you imagine, right, how much an open bar would cost somebody at a week-long wedding? And we don't even know what day they were in on the wedding. I mean, it could have been day one, could have been day three, could have been day six. I mean, but whatever it is, they ran out. And you could see, even by the environment, these were not people like, these were like people that really liked drinking, you know, and so Jesus is sitting there and, and, and he's wondering, well, how how do I you know, what what should I do? This isn't the right time. You know, you maybe you would have thought, well, you should have prepared better. You should have known. You should have thought ahead and planned and and, and, and known what was going to happen. And so, you know, here Jesus, he's, he's trying to decide, OK. Well, I, I know today doesn't feel like the right time for me to start. I know it doesn't feel like the right time for me to do something great. And, you know, Galilee, I mean, this is this is like it's Galilee was nothing. I mean, you look at a map. There is a reason why in other places in the gospel, you know, he talks about like, can anything good come from there? Can anything good come from that area? I mean, it's the middle of nowhere. You know, more nowhere than, than, than you know, than, than you, like for us, like we're like New York. That's on the map, right? You know, you think about some small town in the middle of the Midwest or someplace like that that nobody's ever heard of. Got an occupancy of less than 100 people. And this is where Jesus is supposed to do his first miracle? But people aren't even really going to notice. Right? You thought that. I'm going to serve. I'm going to do something. And nobody's even really going to notice. Is this even going to make a difference? We look for excuse after excuse to throw out there and say, well, it's just not the right time. It's not worth the effort. It doesn't feel right. And you can think about that for us like, you know, we can we can wait for a sign and then we wait and we wait and we wait for God to give an answer to a question that he's already answered. But sometimes we want another sign. We want another opportunity. Because Jesus' mother coming to him and saying there's a need apparently isn't enough for us. You know, when God says, obey your mother and father, right, as Jesus was thinking about that, would that have been enough for you to go forward with this miracle. If you know the good you ought to do and don't do it, those of you who know the scripture that I'm quoting, it is what? Sin. And so here Jesus is put in a situation where he can help, he can do something, but the timing does not feel right to him. But the need was there. But the need was there. You know, I think at the heart of it, 
when I look at a situation like this, and I think about that phrase, I'm not ready, it's not the right timing, what stands out to me is, is we're subconsciously saying, God, I'm okay with you changing my circumstances. I'm just not okay with you changing me. We have that plan. We have the picture of how things can go. And we always say over and over again, well, I'm just going to get through this patch. Or when this changes, then it will be the right time. But if you really understood my past, if you really understood my circumstances, if you really understood the vision of what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to save the whole world. And so our our plans to do something become these future pipe dreams instead of looking at the situation in front of us and realizing, hey, the needs that are right there that look so insignificant, that are so small, actually can be the start of something great. This is how Jesus started his ministry. You know, I think what's incredible about this is if we always waited for it to feel like the right time or for us to feel like we were ready before we took steps to obey what Jesus had called us to, there would be no need to even rely on God. We would have no need for Him because we'd always feel ready. We'd always feel prepared. We'd always feel like it was the right time when Because God is with us, it actually is the right time, whether or not we feel that way. And I think that's the the, the challenge for us in our lives is is we let's just let's just be real. We as people can be so driven by this vague emotionality when we know that God has called us to transcend that. To become men and women who look at what is around us, see the needs, and because God has given us His Holy Spirit, we know we are able to do it. We know we are able to meet those needs. You know, there's nothing that's too hard for Him. He can turn water into wine. He can raise the dead. Who are we to say, God, I know you can raise the dead, but you don't have the power to change this in my character. And sometimes that's where we have to start. We have to start with things on a belief level. What is keeping me from really obeying what God is calling me to do? Is it pride? Is it a stubbornness in my heart? Is it a fear of failure? Is it just that that maybe it didn't fit into the mold of, again, how you thought things would go or things should go? But then when confronted with the truth, confronted with that situation, what will you do? What will you do? You know, let's follow this through. There are some things that you know that God has been calling you to change. Some of you even for years. And some of it is, is easily accessible. Everybody can look and see it. And some of it only you and God know about. That you've been holding on to. When's the right time? When? 
Because you could be waiting forever. I mean, in a situation like that, it's like life is living you instead of your living it. You know, God, God has called us to be men, to be women of him. To be a light to the world. You know, if we sit there and we keep waiting for something to change or for God to make something clear, again, that he's already made clear, then maybe you'll be waiting for the rest of your life. Maybe you'll just be hoping. I mean, even with situations that are making a, like everybody has something in their life, whether at some point or another, that just makes you feel miserable. Right? Are, are you going to just let yourself be miserable for the rest of your life because it doesn't feel like the right time to change? Are you going to let yourself be miserable because of something you can't even control when it comes to someone else? And you're hoping that they'll be different, whether that's your wife or your kids, your roommates, your parents. Why? Why do that when God has set you up for an opportunity to make a difference, to change? You know, we did a a meeting. We had a meeting with the parents, as some of you were there, a couple of weeks ago. And that was the number one thing we talked about, how how powerful your example is. And how just just pursuing growth and your kids seeing growth in you could transform your whole family dynamic. Right? It's not about being perfect. It's about being in a place where you say, God, if you want to use me right now, then I'm going to let you use me. I don't care if I'm not ready, because if you've called me to this, then you believe that I'm ready. And I just need to trust you. I want to see a miracle. You know, do you sit there? And I, I had a conversation this week with, uh, with, with one of the other staff members. And he was talking about God and his ability to do miracles. And I had to sit there for a second and, and really take a step back and think, man, I think right now, I don't know if I really believe that God can do a miracle. Not intellectually. Intellectually, I believe that. But on a heart level. God, if I'm really going to pursue a relationship, having a relationship with you is a miracle to begin with. Thinking about the changes that I've made in my life already have been a miracle. So what makes me think that you're not just going to continue doing miracle after miracle after miracle when this, this turning water into wine was just the first sign of many that happened in Jesus' life? You know, I'm not ready is not an acceptable answer if it has to do with sin or something that's holding you back from being the man or woman God has called you to be. You know, Jesus' lack of readiness, and this is going to be true for us as well, did not supersede his obedience to God's commands and his words. You know, the miracle, it wasn't incredible. It wasn't flat. Well, it was incredible. But it wasn't flashy. But it did. I mean, think about, think about his family. Think about people whose wedding it is. Think about the other guests. And I think this is where we can, you know, and I mentioned this before, but I really want to reiterate this point as we get closer to, to, to kind of wrapping up our sermon. The master of the banquet here. Did he realize what was happening? 
No. And I think this is really what it comes down to. Some of the changes that you make, some of the the miracles that you're going to allow God to do through you, most people won't even realize. They won't notice. They'll overlook it. But I'll tell you this. Every single person at that banquet felt the effects of the miracle that Jesus did. And so whether you get recognized for the miracles that God is doing through you, and yes, serving is a miracle, loving others is a miracle, letting people into your life is a miracle, showing hospitality to this is a miracle. Whether people appreciate it or don't appreciate it, the effects of your good work, people will feel. They'll notice it. You'll host a party. Not everyone will say thank you for fitting the bill, footing the bill for all that food. But they will feel the effects. They will be very happy for it. And so if something is within your power, even if you don't feel that it's quite the right time, isn't that worth it? when you think about all the good that can come from it. I just think sometimes we get so pessimistic and we focus on how things can go wrong or what's already going wrong that we lose sight of the abundance of good that comes from when we just say, okay, God, even though I don't feel ready, now's the time. Now's when you've called me. You know, let's close out and let's think, think about this as, as we go to God in prayer and think about all that, that Jesus has done and in your life how he's worked and moved. And, and I really want you to take some time to sit and meditate on this, just this simple idea. What do you know God has called you to do that you just don't feel ready for and you keep putting off? What's it going to take? What's it going to take for you to say, you know what? Now, not tomorrow, not later. You know, I've, I, I know I have a terrible temper. I know that sometimes I can lose my cool. I know that sometimes I procrastinate. I know that maybe I haven't been committed to God in the way that I need to be. What's it going to take for today to be the day, even if you don't feel ready to be that man or woman that God has called you to be. Because we need to, I I really believe this is a church. We need to stop playing defense and we need to get on the offense. We need to proactively become the men and women that God has called us to be instead of just sitting and waiting. And I guess I'll end with with this analogy and then a prayer. When you wake up in the morning, are you ready to head out the door? No. Now, many of you have very extensive rituals that you do in the morning to get yourself ready to get out the door. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. I try. You know, it was not an extensive ritual. You know, you wake up, you brush your teeth, you put some stuff in your hair. It's good being a guy. (laughs) But we know. We know what it takes for us to get ready to leave the house. We have a plan. We have steps. 
Have you figured it out? Have you figured out those steps that it's going to take? Okay, maybe you're saying that. I'm not ready. But what's your plan? What are the steps that you're taking so that you are ready and so that you're not being disobedient to God, but that you're saying, yes, God, I'm taking, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, so that I can be obedient to everything that you've called me to when you call me to it. It's not enough to wake up in the morning, roll out of bed, say, I'm not ready, and then crawl back into bed and never leave. You wouldn't do that for life. You wouldn't do that for your job. So let's not do that when it comes to our relationship with God. Let's become the men and women that God wants us to be before we're ready. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for you and we know how much you care for us and that we know that you will provide miracles. You know, miracles that we just don't even think about. Miracles that, are, that, that, that we are maybe even afraid to see what will happen. And I pray that you allow us to make faithful decisions instead of fearful decisions. That we trust you, put our hope in you, and that we can glorify you with our lives by living as you've called us to. We know that we can meet so many needs and we pray that you mold our hearts so that we're responsive when you call. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.